0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Rider Flex podcast. Along with our daily tips on career advice, our show features entrepreneurs, business owners, executives, and influencers from all types of industries, sharing their stories, providing advice based on their experiences, and chatting about their companies. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, you can email us at podcast at And if you like today's episode, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and give us a quick thumbs up. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. So, yeah, so I, uh, I like to share with people, Steve, that I was born in Haiti. And uh, that was more than 52 years ago. And around the time I was uh, six, seven months old, my parents moved to uh, New York. Okay. And uh, lived in New York till I was 10. And my father, who's a physician, decided that he wanted to move his family somewhere completely opposite of New York. So he moved his family to all places, Lima, Ohio. Now... If you've never heard of Lima, Ohio, you should know that the center of the universe revolves around Lima. <laughs> uh, everything, like you—you mm. you have no idea, but maybe you will moving forward that uh, a lot of interactions, a lot of things, and things that you never thought of, from science to sports and everything else connected to Lima. How about that? Wow! And the best fast food hamburger. In the entire world, QP hamburgers—you can look it up. Your listeners, I hope they can look it up. But people come far and wide to have a QP hamburger.
0: QP, cupid—not cupid, but
1: QP. Not cupid, QP, K E W P E E apostrophe S. QP's hamburger. Is there only one uh, location, or do they have several? So they have three. And the story goes that uh, back in the day, there used to be a chain throughout the Midwest and that chain kind of fell apart. And what, what was left was these three core, uh, two or three core restaurants. And they had their own, they had their own uh, farm that they raise their own cows on. They don't have that anymore, but oh, okay. uh, so lo- local 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 celebrities, celebrities that were born in the area and moved away. <clears throat> Everybody from politicians uh, uh, um, in the past years, They, whenever they're in the area, they all stop at a QP hamburger restaurant. As a About matter that. of fact, About that. the uh, legend has it that Dave Thomas of Wendy's, he did an internship uh, or sabbatical or something. Spent some time there researching restaurants. And from his time at QP's, he, he came up with the idea from Wendy's. So if you go really? to QP's, a lot of things will look familiar to you from the shape of the hamburgers to the chili to other things. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Live Ohio, my
0: friend. Why did and, your dad uh, pick that? Did he get a, a residency there or did he open up? Was he like a family doctor at a clinic or what was he?
1: Uh, my father is a psychiatrist. I see. And yeah, and so I, when he decided to leave, I guess a few places uh tried recruiting him, and he chose Lima because it was the antithesis of New York,
0: (laughs) which it true it truly is. You were ten. Wonderful people
1: there. Great place. Great place to live. Super fond memories. Met my wife there. Uh, she's still around. You know, we've known each other since we were kids. And, uh, uh so yeah, a lot a of my friends are
0: still You've been married for 30, 30 something years.
1: No, actually we've been married for 15 years. Okay. Uh, but, uh, we've been together longer than that. Yeah.
0: Oh, you guys went to high school together, same class. Uh, she, uh, was two years behind me. Two years behind you. Okay. Very good. All right. And then uh, brothers, sisters, by the way, siblings.
1: Yeah, I've got, um, I'm the oldest of three. My, okay. both of my siblings are attorneys. My uh, sister is an attorney. Uh, I probably shouldn't say with who, <laughs> okay. but she's with a, uh, a very well-known insurance firm in New York. Okay. And my brother is in Chicago and he is with a law firm in downtown Chicago.
0: No law school for you though, huh? You're like, no, nah, I don't want to. No. no, 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 that's not, that's not my, that's not my <laughs> thing. <laughs> were thing. you the were you the good kid? Were you the rebel? Where where were you in the mix?
1: Oh, uh, so um I don't I I think people would describe me in many ways, but good would not be one of the descriptions <laughs> at all. Uh I will say that my parents mm. were blessed after me to have an amazing daughter who she did her homework twice, never went out. Uh she really good kid and uh My, my brother who, you know, the youngest of three, he, he was pretty good too popular um, on the homecoming court, all that, all that good stuff. So uh, they made up for me not being good. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you ever get in trouble? Any serious trouble? Had to call dad from the police station, the sheriff's office call, anything, anything interesting?
1: Well, I, I, uh, I will say this, Steve, I'm 52 years old. So growing up, uh, my, I, I, you know, let's just say my parents on more than one occasion had to, uh, pull the drawer out and get bail money for their son to, <laughs> to, you know, come that's home.
0: where you, that's where you sharpened your people skills, communication yeah.
1: skills. <laughs> so, you know, there's cell phones now it's been so long, knock on wood. I don't know. Are there still phones in jails? <laughs> I guess there have to be, right? Yeah. Or I don't does know. Does everybody have a cell phone? Uh, you just right. have to borrow a cell phone.
0: Oh, it's just beep, beep, beep. <laughs> but you got into the University of Cincinnati, so you went to college.
1: Yeah, so uh, 1987, freshman year. And uh, yeah, great place. Um, enjoyed it a lot. And uh, been here in Cincinnati ever since. So we're 35 years in, right? Uh, live here in uh, the community of Anderson uh three kids along with my wife and uh, having a great time yeah how old are, how old are the kids
0: 21 13 and 11 ooh 21, yeah. to, 30, 30, 21 to 13 what happened what what was the deal there <laughs> well um so we've been married for 15 years so my
1: my wonderful beautiful wife uh always when we were growing up she always wanted to uh start a family with okay. uh um uh adopting a kid okay. and so she ended up doing that before we got married, so that kind of took a lot of our focus uh when we were younger so uh she took uh she she uh uh became a foster care parent as as a a single parent really? and adopted our son when he was about two months old interesting okay yeah hey, but you have, so he was have... at our wedding we like we like to uh Okay. like to joke with him he was you know he he, he was uh he was my groomsman and uh <laughs>
0: how you know, old we, was
1: he when we, you guys got married he was uh six six he years was old six
0: he was six so but he he called i mean your dad the whole thing like he doesn't know any different right your, your dad
1: no that's i mean that's the way he's raised two months old i i will say this you've got all these great pictures and you think you've set this scene and you have this wonderful, close-knit family on both sides and inclusive. And uh, he says he doesn't remember a darn thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, he's 21. Kidding, he's- you don't
1: remember tying your shoe under the table like when we were having our first dance That's or, pretty good. you know, walking into the crowd. Uh, doesn't remember anything. It's hilarious.
0: Is he still around? Is he going to school? Is he still at home? What's his story?
1: Yeah, he, uh, he um, you know big 21 year old. He's, uh, he's working at, uh, at a company here in Cincinnati. Uh, he's at work now and, um, he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. My, uh, 13 year old and 11 year old, who you could probably hear in the background, they, uh, they go to, uh, um, our local school here, uh, guardian angels. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, doing great playing, uh, playing all the sports. My, my daughter who, I was pointing at that picture. She's the artist of that picture. Oh, and, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, she, uh, she drew that a couple of years ago. Uh, she, she's a big dancer. If I, could, if I could be a proud father and brag about Miss Layla,
0: yeah.
1: uh, she won nationals in her dance competition last year at Pigeon Forge. Wow. In her tap dance routine. So she's got a big, huge banner as a national champion.
0: Very cool. That's very cool. Very proud daddy. The the brother, the little brother. Then he's like, okay, yeah, you're getting all the accolades, you're getting all the attention. What's what's he? He pissed off about it. What's he doing?
1: Well, you know what? He gives her a hard time. But when it happened, you could you could see the pride. We were all very proud. He he was. It's uh, funny how that percolates. You wanna you wanna give your sister a hard time, but you know the sometimes you can't help hide the pride. So that was that's very cool.
0: What about mom? What she do? What's your wife do?
1: My wife is a social worker. Okay. Uh, yeah, she works at the world-renowned Children's Hospital, Cincinnati oh. Children's Hospital. Okay. Here in Cincinnati, for you and your uh, listeners, Steve, if you've never heard of it before, it is continually ranked one, two, three in the world for mm. uh, all the services that they provide. And people come from all over the world. I mean, wow. it's uh, I believe uh, LA and Boston and uh, Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati, they're all there and they switch back and forth all the time. So she's so uh,
0: she's a very loving, patient person.
1: So you say she's laughing in the background, <laughs> yes, Steve. She is so loving and very patient. I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be her husband. I'm so, I'm grateful that she
0: chose me, man. You're going to score. You guys scored a bunch of major points right there. That's good. <laughs> uh, okay. So coming out of school, did you know what you wanted to do? Did, like, did you have a plan? Walk me into your early career.
1: So Steve, um 52 years old. I don't know if I, I, I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> right. But, uh, Yeah, I uh, I'll tell you, I was fortunate enough one day to start working for a buddy whose family was in furniture retail and coming out of college. All he wanted to do was own his own furniture store.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, after he graduated, he's a couple of years older than me. After he graduated, his his uh, uh, parents helped him get a store and he was super successful and had ended up having a chain here in Cincinnati called the Roe show place that was here for several years. Mm. Um, but during that time, uh, I came on board and started working for him and my friend with my father being a psychiatrist, uh, my, my mind just blew because sales, I never realized how, how, uh, you know, connected it was with human behavior, understanding, Mm. recognizing tells, right, Mm -hmm. and everything else. And I I mean, I was just fascinated. I mean, I couldn't wait to get to work. It was so much fun. Um, And I usually share with people that that's kind of how it works. I didn't realize it then. But those that have a passion for sales, business development, they don't usually know that at first, you know, I. and then I tell everybody, you never hear in the sixth grade somebody telling you how they aspire to be a salesperson. Right. (laughs) I've never heard it. I've never heard it at any, any sixth grade career fair. Right. So that, uh, that the sales bug got into me. And then, um, sometime after I got the opportunity to work, uh, at general electric. So I was a little bit older after several years of working with my friend, um, started spreading my my wings and uh, one day my my boss tapped my shoulder and told me that I was doing unbelievable things I didn't realize it right I was just so focused on what I was doing and closing deals uh, getting work done and uh, you know one one particular instance was uh, our first day on the floor after we had training it was like a month training month-long training before mm-hmm. they they uh, set us out on the sales floor and uh, they rewarded us with these sales leads. And it was just one sheet with, with a list names. of uh, names yeah. and contacts on their companies. These were all fortune 500 companies. And um, three months later, they called us all up to get a whole other set of leads. And when I went up, my, my boss looked at me and he said, you've been calling the same lead sheet since the first day. And I'm like, yeah, I just, that's all I do every day, all day. And he said, do you know, like everybody else has had like 10 or 20 sheets, lead sheets. I'm like, Oh really? Like, yeah. And and he, he was like, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to do good things, great things here at, at GE. And, um, you know, I was number one or two, every 30 day 90 day cycle there. Nice. And, uh, this is really the turning point in my life really is when he came to me and said, the only thing I was missing in my background was, uh, a better understanding of business. And okay. he rec- and then he recommended that I get my MBA.
0: I see. Okay. That's where that yeah, came so, in. All right. uh
1: All right. Yeah. So from there got my MBA and, and I was off pretty much. And, uh, uh shortly thereafter i i had an opportunity to to come on board with an up-and-coming company because the internet was a big thing and they were they were posting jobs on the internet that was crazy there's like this little there there was a company called monster doing it but not everybody Uh, really like kind of knew but mm -hmm. uh but i started working for career builder uh Uh, shortly thereafter. And uh, I've been in the human capital space ever since.
0: Ever since. And yes, he worked for career builder, then went on to work for monster for, for six years, almost six years. Um, So then at some point, did you say, I want to do my own thing. This has been a great ride. I want to be an entrepreneur. Walk us into the transition there from monster into kind of your own, own business. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, sales is so, is so amazing. I'm so grateful to to kind of have discovered that, you know, there's ups and downs, but it brings, uh, brings a lot of adventures, uh, a lot of opportunities to educate and a lot of sharing. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I did at career builder that I thought, you know, companies, should know because, uh, and actually, I, I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to General Electric too because Jack Welch at the time was one of the greatest CEOs and very revered CEO at the time. He mm. re and he all he talked about was diversity and how the success behind GE was global diversity, mm. and I embraced that, especially with my background. And when I went into these companies. And I'd have these conversations with these HR leaders and talent acquisition leaders. I always made sure to speak of diversity and recruiting for diversity. Mm-hmm. And uh, my manager took, uh, took notice of it. And I started being kind of like the go-to person. I was the I was a diversity lead for the region of okay. our office. So that covered uh, several states. Gotcha. So I started even talking and going to more organizations. Actually, even some government, um, some state and local government as well. And when I was at Monster, continuing with that, I I connected with uh, the the CEO of an organization called Professional Diversity Network.
0: I see. All right. And
1: it was that was very entrepreneurial as well. The roots there uh, start with uh, an organization called I Hispano which was a professional networking platform for Hispanics uh, uh, from all industries. And this was even before LinkedIn, which some people I share that with and they roll their eyes. But truly, there was something there before. It didn't look, didn't necessarily look like LinkedIn looks like today, but mm-hmm. it was somewhere where professionals, his, uh, Hispanic professionals can, could go and connect with each other really share some experiences and, uh, go from there. So they leveraged that to attract potential candidates to companies seeking diversity and, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Hispanic professionals. And then from there, they, they grew to additional affinities and they called it professional diversity network. So I was, uh, very connected to the CEO at the time with, with, uh, with my conversations with companies on how they could leverage uh, different platforms and resources to assist with their mm-hmm. diversity recruiting, and uh, one day we talked to each other, it made sense to just hop op- hop on over there. And uh, so, continued my career there, and then I did a a, a short stint with a Salesforce implementation company. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Which, uh, yeah, so which was very. Interesting. So, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, CRM world was really a focus for okay. the, the monsters and the uh, career builders and, and the PDNs at the time. Right. So I, I felt like I had a really I good see. story to tell.
0: Okay. Cause it,
1: it, it assisted me with all the success that I had.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, Learning the implementation side and what went on with that um, uh, had, a, had an impact on me that I didn't anticipate uh, until I went on my own. So shortly after that implementation uh, engagement, I, I, I went back with uh, a professional diversity network for a small stint to consult. Okay. And um, I, I met my uh, business partner at the time. Uh, who, who, who worked in the same office building. He was with another company. Okay. And we just started talking and we had a lot in common. And next thing you know, we started writing a business plan on a bar napkin, right?
0: I see. And that
1: bar napkin took life and became Hamilton Demo.
0: How the name, Hamilton Demo?
1: So, it, you know, great minds come up with uh, great ideas. So his last name is Hamilton and my last name is Demostan. So Hamilton Demo, short for Hamilton Demonstone.
0: <laughs> I see. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah, I love it. I, I know people think about construction and demolition, but truly it was just uh, something that short, simple, that we could go to market market with right away. So hence Did you Hamilton guys- Demo.
0: Did you guys create the LLC or create the entity and keep your jobs and start doing it on the side a little bit first, or did you just quit and go all in walk us through that transition?
1: Oh, so yeah, really good question because, um, it took, it took a while to create it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we did have these different jobs, but we kind we had our eyes on the future. Okay. Right. So, um, so we were all in in the sense that we were putting this all together. so it took about a year or so okay uh, to, to do. and then once uh, once that was all together, we uh, we did dive in full head first. Both,
0: both of you quit your jobs and you went all in.
1: So I I, uh, I was all in. He was not all in at first. he had he had some time. He had he still had some runway uh, so I was first then he was second shortly thereafter. Yeah. Okay. And so we this, just completed, we just completed after, uh, after 2021 our our fourth year. So congratulations uh, on that. Paper, I mean, I we, didn't,
0: sorry about that. Yeah. Congrats. I saw that you, uh, but I, I don't see the business partner on the website. Yeah. So, um,
1: there, uh, there are some things going on there right now that he's, uh, he he's uh stepped back for the for the moment. So okay. hopefully I'll ha- I'll be able to share an update
0: with you uh in a couple months. But uh yeah, he's uh he's still around. He's still around, but you're gonna you're gonna buy him out and get get his units back. I I understand. You're just working out the details. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll have a, we'll have an update, but he's still around. He's I'll tell you what, uh God blesses us in uh a lot of ways that you don't expect, like uh, he and his, he's got a young family too. I'm, I'm so grateful. We've been able to, to sponsor a movie night at uh, one of the local colleges with kids on the football field over the summer. We've been able to participate in uh, uh, Halloween and Valentine events for the community at uh, one of the local parks where, you know, because of the pandemic, we, we did a drive-by, and they came through the the park and <laughs> drilling all these. We've done a lot of great things together. So it's uh it there there's been oh a, a lot of things that gosh if I had known how 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 great it was to own my own business, I would have done it a long time ago. But I guess yeah, I needed the education and the wisdom of my experiences to get me here. But gosh, it's what, a little, uh, bit,
0: it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Most people say something very similar. They say, gosh, I probably would have done it sooner if I could go back, but all the experience I gained before I started, it also helped me. So it's, it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so just, just finished your fourth year. Now, are you running it as a solo uh, recruiting firm? Do you have employees? How, what's the size of it right now? Yeah. So we've got, uh, We've got some
1: contractors. For the most part, we've got uh, I, we've got two other full-time contractors. Okay. And we have other contractors, about five or six that float in and out at any given time as needed. Depending on and, what and And uh, Steve, what's really great is part of the experience in being in this space for so long, I've had the opportunity to create some relationships. Mm. So I've got some strategic partners as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So collaboration has been something that I that I definitely look to uh, at, at times when needed, and yeah. it's really been beneficial okay. uh, to have those strategic partners.
0: For the listeners right now, uh, now's probably a good time. It is HamiltonDemo.com, HamiltonDemo.com. There's a contact information page on there, and you can learn more about the company. Are you a generalist? Do you specialize in certain industries, functions? Tell us about the business. How would you describe it? So I would describe it uh, more of a generalist focusing
1: anywhere that – I mean, we've got expertise in multiple industries from New York to L.A. I mean, I've done everything from Amgen, uh, Capital One, uh, Disney, uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Stanley, um, Chase – Bank One back in the day before they merged, um, lots of things locally with Macy's, limited brands, uh, Walmart, uh, the list goes on and on, multiple industries over the 18 years, right? So, um, and I'll do, we can do anything from hourly all the way to the boardroom, I like to, sh- I like to say. So, we, we focus more on placement, but we also do uh, project work. Okay. And um,
0: when you say, my when you friend, say project I'm, work, do you mean do you mean you, you provide contractors for, for temp assignments or what do you mean?
1: So um, project work in the sense, if, an, if a client says to me, hey, we're opening a new satellite office mm. with 300 employees and we need focus on, I can do, we can do a project around that. If, for example, um, I worked with Chipotle for a while or Hamilton Demo worked with Chipotle for a while, When they were opening up a new location, we would help We would help them with those new with those new store openings. So that would be a project as well. Uh, So, yeah, it can really entail anything. And then on top of that, I I have an expertise in diversity. recruiting. Gotcha. When you say, uh,
0: okay, when you say hourly to CEO, are you a percentage per body? Are you an hourly rate? Are you a project rate or? Is it a little de- yeah. does it depend or? Yeah, it depends,
1: right? So usually with the hourly rolls, uh, it's not, unless it's signi- It's a significant hourly rate, mm-hmm. uh, we're not charging uh, a, f- a fee, uh, a percentage fee. It's more of a flat rate flat
0: and we're rate. probably
1: gonna, and, we're, and those companies usually need more than one, mm-hmm. one person, one mm-hmm. candidate. So we, we'll do a project. I uh, see for something like that. So it's really case by case. We try to make ourselves flexible
0: uh, to the client's needs. Okay. Very good. And you're, you just finished your fourth year in business. So congrats. You've, you made it four years. If you make it past three, your, your chances of long-term survival are increase. <laughs> hey brother, the, the target is
1: five, right?
0: Yeah. That's, right. I'm
1: really excited. So as we start uh, year five, I'm looking to complete year five and I will say this. Uh, you know, having, uh, the experience and, and expertise and everything that we had and coming in with such confidence and enthusiasm, the number one thing I probably would have changed is, um, not start a business before a pandemic, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nobody told me I had to learn that on my own, but we, you know, know, the, the, uh, we we are grateful for the success because we've still been growing year after year. We're Good. right on pace. We're right our, we're right on pace with our performa,
0: and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the future. Congratulations. Okay, well, last year was a, a solid year for you, twenty twenty one. Yeah,
1: again, uh, steady growth. Good. So you know, being a, a small business, we're not talking multiple millions. Mm -hmm. But we're significant growth year over year that we're really excited about. So getting to year five will get us to those multiple digit uh, numbers that we're talking about.
0: If you had to give uh, one piece of advice to somebody out there thinking about starting a service business, maybe not recruiting, but any service business. And I know we could do a full episode on that question, but if you could could give a, a, a quick tip or two, what would you say based on what you've learned? Other than starting before a pandemic. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty good tip. Um,
1: actually, you know what, some of the things that, uh, the things that I've learned are, are the things I've overheard and kind of watched other people go through and discuss before. So number one, you can never save too much money. Okay. Right. So, uh, if you think you're if you think you need 10,000, probably need 20 or 30. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, keep that in mind. Also, uh, the support, you know, wherever you can gain that support, uh, is important. Uh, whether it's internally, internally, externally, uh, accountants, etc. cetera. Okay. I, again, we've been, we've been blessed, um, uh, uh, we, we've got tremendous support both at home and from our, our partners, uh, and, uh, the collaboration that we have is, is amazing. Your wife, uh, your
0: wife, your wife didn't look at, look at you some nights and go, what the hell are you doing? Can you go back and get a regular job?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe she did. Maybe she did. not <laughs> uh, So, so those, those are, those are the things too. Um, And, uh, you know, even, even in spite of my relationships and, and, uh, the the business that we've had, I I'll say that I, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid, uh, my partner and I weren't afraid to maybe do something that was a little bit difficult. We did, we didn't just go for the, for the low hanging fruit.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and, uh, that gave us and has given us the opportunity. I have learned that I will say this when you do the difficult stuff, it really gives you an opportunity to really show off and make an impression and accelerate the relationship with the client.
0: You mean like, so I like, we're like like placing a brain surgeon or something super hard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, There have been
1: opportunities where it would have probably been easier to do something easy and then get, get a win and they'll call us if they need us. But Mm -hmm. you know, that it came, it it comes, Hey, we we're having a hard time. We've been trying to place this uh, place, somebody in this role for six months and we can't do it. We've been trying to place this person. Actually last year, we had a role where this company based out in Phoenix They've been trying to place the guy, place somebody in there for over a year. Weren't <laughs> able to do it. Mm. And uh, we, we actually found the individual within two to three weeks of taking on the wreck.
0: Nice. And
1: th- that was over July and some things happened. He had his first, he had his start date in October. But from that, we are now in a position to gain a longer lasting relationship and do a lot more with some consistent business. And this is with a very well-known brand that we're super excited about. Mm, that's, uh, that's and
0: fantastic. Yeah.
1: So I, I will say that don't be afraid. Um, don't abandon all the things, you know, uh, to make yourself successful and have a successful engagement. Don't do that. But if you can take on that role and set the right expectations and, you know, fulfill what, what's needed, I think you'll find that the rewards can will, will be higher. What do they say? That low risk, low return, high risk, mm-hmm. high, high return. So de- definitely, I, I would say that's something that you should consider.
0: If you were to give one piece of advice to hiring managers, because you work with hiring managers all the time, right? if you could give one, maybe two pieces of advice to a hiring manager right now today in this market, and by the way, we're recording this on February 9th, 2022. What would you tell them? What would you you tell your audience?
1: Uh, Steve, that is a great question. And I've actually been having this conversation more and more. When I look at the wins versus the non-wins and I Mm -hmm. won't call them losses. I I, I'll truly call them the non-wins. Okay. And there's some similarities. Uh, when, when you're in a remote state or, um, remote office or separated from the hiring manager and their team, they don't see all the work you're doing. right. Right. So when you say, okay, it's been three days, and we've already worked, and there's there's some cost to that, or there's time associated. They may say there, but you can see in their in their eyes on the Zoom call or hear it in their voice. It's like, sure, sure, there is, right? Um, and I will say that the turnaround from the feedback is not is not optimal, right? So when you look at the wins. Some of the consistent things are consistent feedback, you know, being able to contact and really have some interaction through the process with the hiring manager and recruiters and uh, being able to, to help facilitate and coach the candidate through that process with their help. So I, I will say if you're not ready Both mind and spirit and time to give to whatever resource, uh, firm, recruiter, et cetera, you should really take that into consideration because I know in this time we're being, everybody's being asked to do more with less. Uh, But this is, this is one area that if you, if you let candidates sit around for a week, two weeks, three weeks without that feedback, if you Mm -hmm. let, uh, a recruiter, an outside recruiter, sit around for one, two, three weeks without feedback or interaction, or next steps. Uh, you're really decreasing the opportunity for success.
0: Wonderful advice, my friend. And Evan, we could just dive in on that. I could just go off on that topic for yeah. That's a
1: longer. That's a longer an, conversation, an right? It
0: I mean, really gosh, is I mean, great advice. I mean, the
1: times I've had with. Uh, these hiring managers, some will give me, I've got them on the phone for an hour that we're talking like every we're, we're creating bullets and then some, w- you don't have that opportunity. So yeah, it's, uh, it's
0: amazing. I want to emphasize and, and uh, point out a couple of things here on your, your speech around that and that for the listeners, especially if you're a hiring manager and you're listening to this episode, speed and feedback those two words move quickly uh, to get to, to get the talent processed speed and give the recruiter the vendor your resource the thing you're paying for give them good communication and feedback just like evan said i that is probably those are those are two of the biggest pet peeves for us here at riderflex right as a yeah. <laughs> it's like i love it when the client's like we're going to pass on Mary. Okay. Well, why? <laughs> why can you give me some feedback? Yeah. We just didn't like Mary. Okay. Well that doesn't tell me anything and that doesn't help me pick the next finalist to put in front of you. Right. So yeah, you gotta, as a hiring manager, just give feedback to your resource. It will help them and move quickly. We Again, we could go on and on about that topic, but I just want yeah. to emphasize everything. You just, I'm just repeating what you said. basically. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, you, you, you said it very succinctly
1: and uh, if we can have a little bit more fun in the spirit of being in the um, the days leading up to the Super Bowl, so you can see my shirt, <laughs> got it. I, I would I would tell your listeners too, as an example, if you're uh, if you're in a college and you're an uh, a coach on a team and you're looking for that five star athlete to join your team, uh, the longer you wait mm. to interact with that player and his parents, his or her parents. That's right. uh, Without, without that communication, the less likely you are to have that talent join your team. Right. Mm -hmm. And,
0: and somebody else, if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. They'll, they'll get there. That's right. How about this one? One or two quick bullet points for the candidates based on everything you're seeing right now. With regards to their interviewing skills or their approach. Oh, that's a whole other show, Steve. I know that. I know we could do a whole whole other show show. around it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other show.
1: So, uh, really quick Uh, be open, right? So, Mm -hmm. all the things that are going on in the world, companies are going through that too, right? People are Mm -hmm. being asked to do more with less. Uh, So, you know. Getting hired within three or four days is is something from the past, right? Getting hired, you get contacted on the Monday, and then you have your start date two and a half, three weeks later. That's something of the past. It's not happening now uh, because you know there aren't as many people being able to do all the jobs. We got to do more or less. So uh, have a little patience, be flexible, mm-hmm. and also for those who. One of the things I'm hearing from a lot of candidates is that they're understanding that they hold the cards now, Mm -hmm. which they do. Mm -hmm. And they're being a little bit more forceful in in their demands and their requirements for what they want for the future. That is great. Uh, I I don't think anyone really would want to take away uh, any of those things from from a candidate uh, and having a really good place to land. I would just add for them to remember that there's probably never been an an opportunity or a time in our history where one person can can walk off the street or you know apply to a job somewhere and come on board to a company and make such an immediate impact. Mm. And that impact could be lasting and have whatever direction. With their with their career i mean the opportunities are phenomenal i i placed a candidate for a um medium-sized construction company and literally within a few months that particular person uh you know he wasn't looking for a midwest a midwestern uh uh construction company to come to the east coast and scoop him up but he took a chance and let me tell you, he, they have an opportunity to increase their revenue by tenfold within the next three to five years mm. because of the synergies and the impact that this individual um, mm. took a chance on for this organization. So keep that in mind. Yeah. If you can see yourself growing within a company, uh, the impact that you make can be transforming for that organization.
0: Love it. How about this one, my friend? Diversity and diversity and inclusion, especially since you're an expert, really, uh, at the diversity side. What would you tell a hiring manager with regards to improving that? And again, same thing. I know we could do a whole show on this, but let me put it this way I hear the words a lot but I'm not sure everybody really understands what it means yeah. or what they should tactically do. I think that's really the best way for me to phrase it. I hear them am saying it from a strategy perspective. Our strategy is to improve diversity and inclusion, but what does that mean tactically? Like, what are you doing? What tangible things are you doing? Uh, yeah. So that's the advice I'm looking for you to give the listener is what can they actually do besides say the words, Yeah, my friend,
1: you know, um, I just thought of something, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I just thought of a baseball team. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, going back to GE, they, they embraced diversity so much and they wanted different points of views, different, different perspectives to have input on what, on everything they did on every level. and even, even 20 years ago, you can go back and there was diversity on every level of the organization. Was it perfect? No, but they 100% strive for diversity globally. And we all have heard, and if you haven't heard, uh, feel free to look it up. There's tons of articles, research studies, et cetera, that show from grade school to, to corporate America that you can pretty much bet who is going to be much more successful what companies what teams what organizations by the ones that are more diverse mm. so in high school if you remember and I remember this too uh, firsthand when you had different projects the the team that usually did the best had the cheerleader had the jock had the band guy had the nerd mm. and had you know just, maybe some guy who stood the, the team that had all jocks on it didn't perform as well as that. One. The team that had all band people in it didn't perform mm. As, mm. as well as the diverse, the one that had all, right. So the one that has the mix, the, the, the people from different perspectives are able and you're able to bring that into, into your solution, into mm. the, the marketplace, the workplace, wherever, education, et cetera, you can, almost, you can almost 100% say that you're going to be more successful than the others. In corporate America, You all you need to do is look at the Fortune 500 and your top companies are usually the ones that are more diverse and embrace diversity the most. So as I was sharing with you, I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but the uh, example of a baseball team popped up in my head so do you want do you want all right-handed pitchers and and batters on a baseball team that can only you know move to their move to their right can't really Mm. do a lot Mm. of other things right (laughs) Mm. or do you want different types of players with different skill sets that can that can that both ways or they're left-handed, right-handed, et cetera, playing that have strengths in different parts of the field. And not only can you bring that, bring a strategy, but you can, you can have specification when needed. Right. And you can focus a strategy to a certain uh, situation if need, like that, that seems to me to be a really good analogy, right? You never know mm-hmm. when you're going to need somebody, but he's, like but he's there sitting on the bench waiting for, Waiting for the call when you need them. So, uh, all those things together as a team, um, I I think really tells the story of how great and impactful diversity can be.
0: One of the problems I think people are having that aren't educated on it is they don't know where to go get the left handed pitcher. They don't know where to look for the left handed pitcher. So, what would you say? Yeah, what would you say to that? Like, you know, if we, if you get a client that says, look, I have a leadership team of 10 people. They're all white, 50 year old males. Please find me a Hispanic female and a black male to be on my leadership team. I want you to specifically target those. If you got that call, give the listeners a couple of tips on where to, to look specifically besides going on LinkedIn and just skipping past all the white males.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So actually, Steve, you asked such great questions, but I would say that is a great first step. What you want to do is look for someone like me, right? Yeah. A firm or a company like me and, and be, be willing to share, Hey, we don't know we don't know what we're doing when it comes we to We don't know where to look. Yeah. We, we don't know how to do it. We don't know where to look. Can you, So I actually love when that happens because that tells me that they're not far. They're they they're not far from success because they they understand and realize whatever they're doing is not working. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. Uh, to their Surprise, maybe a bit of a surprise. The leap is not necessarily that far. I hate to simplify it, saying you just need to start doing things differently. You need to start looking, looking at different places and approaching it in a different way. But truly, that's how it starts. You just analyze what you're doing, and rather than going to LinkedIn and skipping over those that don't have the visual uh, diversity that. That you seek, or that you're relating to what you're, um, what you're trying to, the results you're trying to get. There are more resources out there than you can possibly think of. Number two, when they come to me, I I think that's also an acknowledgement that they are not able to tap into their network to get that result that they seek. And mm. so they need to expand their network. someone mm. like me, mm. Mm. good one. I can in, I can integrate my network into that process. and now mm. Mm. my network has the ability to attract those diverse those diverse candidates as well. And um, one thing I will say without without sharing the secret sauce, Steve, which I think a lot of times, even the best companies forget,, uh, one of the best places to start is from within, mm. right? So, if you if you have employees already within your organization, uh, you know you you should remind them of your referral program. I think we take it. I think a lot of companies take it for granted that hey, since they have one, everybody knows. Well, that's not true. Life happens. Work. You know, they're put people putting totally. out, out fires and what they knew January 1st, they they've forgotten by, uh, uh, December 31st. Right. So continue to remind them and maybe even have a conversation with them because if, uh, if they're not willing to tap into their network or refer someone to your company, that that's telling in itself, right. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for discovery and to learn. As a matter of fact, we, uh, one of the uh, large healthcare networks here in the Cincinnati area, we had a diversity recruiting focus group series where we went in with, uh, with several of their employees from all different departments and rankings, um, di- different, different uh, employee levels, mm-hmm. salary levels. And uh, our, our discovery was amazing we we uncovered everything from behavior interaction uh perceived uh uh value to the organization to even travel right and everything in between so mm. through those focus groups uh, that came these were and we used the employees voices as well to communicate to To the organization, and they've started a very robust campaign that's uh, providing some tremendous returns as we speak. So, uh, those are those are some
0: simple things. I want to ask you two tougher questions, maybe somewhat outside the lines. Feel free to to, to pass on them if you want to. But let me ask. Oh, those
1: weren't the tough questions. You got tougher questions.
0: I got two more, and I know we're bumping up on our our stop time. Do you have time for two more quick ones? Of course. Of course. Okay company calls you and they say I want a VP of sales and they say I want a Asian female as their target okay do you not present the white male candidate that is more qualified than the Asian female to your client because they asked for an Asian female. So, Steve, usually it, it doesn't it, that
1: conversation doesn't usually happen that way, <laughs> right? First of all, I but I'm glad you asked it because I think a lot of times uh, people outside of companies or when they're sitting on their couch, if you were to talk about this, that's what they're thinking, that's right?
0: Exactly. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. So how it usually works is uh, you're looking for a role and uh, the company will come to me and they've already they already have a predefined uh, framework of what their diversity needs are right so and that's what they usually uh, present to me and if and when they don't, that's the first thing I say to them. It's like, okay, well, what's diversity to you? Or, hey, why are we focusing on this? Let's let's define that first. So, uh, the next step is once I have all that information, then I usually go specifically to those to those pools. So, let's just say I'm five foot seven. If somebody asks me for someone who's six foot five then, you know, it'd be pretty surprising if you found somebody who was, <laughs> who was five foot seven, right? Like <laughs> I've got all the skills, but how would I even find a guy five foot seven if I only went to a world where there are to, to a candidate pool where there's only six foot five or over guys. So that, so in that sense, um, and another thing with the, with the image that I shared about the, uh, the the person sitting on the couch trying to take all this in, Usually by the time they come to me or when they're asking, they've already, to what we've already talked about, they've already exhausted their own resources. And and those are, they've already seen the people that they wanted to see over and over again. So we're using and tapping into completely different networks and pools and resources that are literally giving us the opposite of what they're, uh, what they've usually seen. So. Although it is, it is truly, that example is, a, is 100% a possibility, um, quite frankly, th- at least in my experience, it, doesn't, it, hasn't, had, it hasn't had the uh, uh, opportunity to happen um, in,
0: in my practice. It's usually not that direct. A really great answer, and I want to emphasize to the listeners, especially, yeah, I like the analogy of sitting on the couch and you don't know how it works usually the company does say, hey, look, we need a VP of sales. Here's our current diversity lineup. This is what we currently look like as a company. Boy, would be nice to have some minority females uh, because we don't have any minority females on our leadership team, as you can see by our uh, diversity chart. Um, that would be great, uh, but I need a good VP of sales. Yeah. So yeah. Then you, but then, so then you as the recruiter, you're like, okay, I want to look in pools. I want to go to the bars where I know that the Asian females hang out at instead of just go to the biker bars. <laughs> yeah.
1: My my wife left. So go ahead. I, I like this
0: part. <laughs> so it forces you to go, Oh, they're lacking in minority females. So I am going to look in these other pools aggressively. Doesn't mean I'm not going to present the white male candidate that comes up that's super qualified just means I'm aggressively checking these other bars where different people hang out at. So I can surface great talent there and present options to the client that might help them with their diversity. Yeah. But I, but I, in fact, same for us at Ryder right. I've never had a client say, I've never had a client say, I will not talk to a white male. Yeah. Like they don't yeah, say yeah. it. They don't say it like that. They say, they yeah. say, Hey, can you help us with our diversity? Please make sure you're presenting candidates that have a good mix, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's a yeah, lot yeah. more like that. Yeah.
1: And Steve, let me, let me backtrack a little bit because there have, I, I, I insinuate that um, I've never been in a situation like that a little bit. That's not quite true because we embrace veterans here and, mm. Oftentimes, we've had situations where, uh, hey, you know, they weren't actually asking for this type of person, but this is a veteran. And we want to give them a little bit. We want to give them a little bit uh, more of uh, an opportunity to to market themselves. Let us let's reach out and see what they're all about. Right. And let's take that and see if they're yeah. Let's see if they're, if they're a fit. And uh, so in those situations, there have been situations to your point where, Hey, you know what, we, this is a little bit off target, but we love the guy we're going to hire or, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this, and you know, there are different nuances and uh, uh, different situations, but um, yeah, it is uh, it, it, it is what it is. And you, you, you pivot. I will, I will say too, with the diversity piece, what I find, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the guy on the couch. A lot of times these companies will come to us uh, often because they're being compelled to. And it could be for something, some outside force, uh, whether it's legal or something else, whatever. But a lot of times it's because of a big win, Right. So that VP of sales, they might have had a huge contract from from an Asian company. And because of that, exactly. They're like, hey, yes, yeah. We want to make yep. this is right. <laughs> so there a company can be compelled in a lot of different ways. It's not necessarily a negative thing. It's something that um, you know, they're doing to to strengthen whatever relationship uh, value service that they're providing, et cetera. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different situations.
0: Really appreciate you uh, uh, visiting on that topic. Thank you very much. Uh, Are you last the sticky one outside the lines? uh, Are you getting companies saying talking about COVID here? Are you getting companies saying, yeah, don't, don't send me people unless they're vaccinated. Don't send me. are you get? You know. Oh. What do you? What do you? One hundred
1: percent. One. One hundred percent. So, um. Uh, Steve, the stance that I've taken, and I share this with, with, uh, um, my clients because I figure this out right away. Uh, this may come as a surprise to some of your listeners. Even the best candidates sometimes they don't tell you the whole truth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah surprise surprise candidates sometimes they don't like tell sometimes. you the whole truth
1: so i i figured out very quickly that whatever they want i will i will uh screen and pre-qualify to the best of my ability uh and but that but their decision to hire somebody and and the candidate's decision to to uh show up for for uh that uh first date that's totally up to them and it's happened where you know somebody was vac- vaccinated and they still didn't want to show up to work or someone that wasn't vaccinated they got the offer and were provided the opportunity to get and they didn't want i mean it's been everything in between too right so um mm-hmm. the cl- the clients that i have that request that i i share right up front that uh we will screen and pre-qualify to the best of our ability, but that is something that we cannot guarantee. Uh, They will have to make that call and follow through with that on their own.
0: Do you encourage candidates to be careful with their social media? If you, if you have a candidate that's like out there on social media, just screaming about whatever hot topic there is of the month and you know, so so Steve, you, you, you brought up
1: you brought up like questions for like seven different shows i know this man, is a whole other
0: this know, is a whole other
1: show so i i i do have my checklist so yeah maybe if if you've got like a picture on facebook with you with you crossing your arms and holding up like firearms maybe uh take that take that down if you don't want to take it down at least just keep it to your friends so if you know that you're looking for a job because employers will look you up on social media, right? If, yes. uh, if, if you're far to one side or, or everybody has the right to express themselves. Uh, but you know, if your neighbors and friends have have maybe given you some negative feedback on your commentary on social media, again, maybe just go dark for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with going dark. Right. And then yeah. as a matter of fact, I believe that I believe that being able to articulate your views can be very beneficial, even if they're far one side or the other, rather than allowing imagery to 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 provide the messaging because it's you can't control the image. Right. Mm. So whoever the person is seeing, they they can get a mm. they can have a perception or an idea of you that is completely false. Mm. Uh, rather than, than you having the opportunity to articulate, So 100% um, I would recommend especially if there's anything that can um, you know <laughs> uh, give a ne- give a negative connotation to your persona And that not only goes for social media that goes for uh, voice covers on your voice mess on your voicemail mm, right I've had a lot of candidates. Who companies called to leave a message and heard, and they're like, no go. Anybody who, who did that, we don't, we don't want to do it. And uh, you know, simple, simple
0: things, simple things, such simple as that. things. Really great advice. I just want to emphasize, yeah, I don't think Yvonne nor I, we're not, we're not saying, you know, there's not the First Amendment. You can't express yourself. Yeah, you, you can do all of that. I'm, I'm just recommending yeah. as your recruiter that you temporarily chill out during your job search. And then you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Bias, bias
1: comes in all shapes and sizes, right? When you're promoting yourself, you want to be able to uh, control that narrative. So don't, don't allow somebody the opportunity to have a bias against you, whether it's, Mm. whether it's true or not. So I, I definitely, definitely think that mindset always think like an executive, you know, executives don't, uh, they control themselves. They, they give an image for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, right. They, you know, they stand up straight. They always look like they're, you know, well, groomed, uh, et cetera. Uh, Got their phone. They answer their phone in a certain way. Hello, this is (laughs) so-and-so if you know you're, you're, you're expecting phone calls, just be ready
0: for it. And uh, I think good good things will happen. Really great advice. Last question, my friend. If you had to define your core purpose in life outside of your lovely wife and your three children, let's set them aside for a minute. So beyond, beyond your immediate family, what is Evan's core purpose?
1: So, uh, my core purpose professionally, uh, so, um, only my close friends know this, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, really grateful for a lot of things in life and I have realized how lucky I am in my 52 years and I am hoping that through what I do uh to give and share maybe not the not to the uh whole scope but I'd like for as many people as I come in contact with to have opportunities that I've had in my life. So what does that mean? How do I do that? Uh, I hope to be able to engage and provide uh, professional and personal development to to what I call potential emerging leaders. Mm. And these are individuals that may never have thought about being a manager. Maybe they've got these natural skills that they're busting their tail and they're doing this and that. But to get to the next level of supervisor, manager, uh, director, whatever that may be, um, I'm hoping to uh, be able to enhance that for those. Because what are the obstacles? Usually, usually it's credentialing, right? Education
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and money, right? Not everybody has $100,000 to get a bachelor's degree anymore. Right. Um, not everybody has, uh, the opportunity to leave work for two weeks while they go to a workshop and, you know, gain the skills that they need and everything else around that. So uh, I'm hoping before it's all said and done that, uh, I can, I can have, uh, some, some impact on that mate. And as I look at you, Steve, I think I'm going to reach out to you for help on that, too. I think we can, we can do some, uh, some great things together.
0: Evan, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure.